Hey guys, I'm Brent. I'm Chris. And Welcome to the uh, yeah second episode of it's, Brent and Chris Talk. It is happening. How was your week? It was good. It was really good. Nice uh, short week at work. I'm taking tomorrow off, going up to Chicago to spend some time with family and friends and have a good time. Nice. Yeah, well, so I've been looking forward to that all week, but I just kind of sailed through it, you know. Three-day vacations are always a nice break oh, in yeah. life. Um, Family's important, too. you got to take time out and just kind of leave your phone away and just do the family thing and enjoy your kids and your wife and have fun with it. I have a sick kid right now. See, that's not fun. You don't enjoy that at all. No. Started <laughs> with a fever Monday, and fever just kept getting worse, even with the ibuprofen. So we took him to the doctor for a second time. First time, there was nothing. Second time, full-on earache. So doing the whole amoxicillin. And any of you parents out there have heard that before, right? Amoxicillin and all these other antibiotics that they just pump into your kids when they get these problems. It's crazy. It's fun. Ah, oh, geez. So your I week did. was good then, or not good? You know. <laughs> you tell me. You know, minus the sick kid, it was good. He's on the mend. It's crazy how fast. Like, oh, kids, Once man. you get the antibiotics in They them. bounce back. It's yeah. amazing. Like, they bounce off things, he literally. And so, they're like, his eyes look so sick. You just feel so bad. <sighs> when you see him like that, too, you just, like, just bums you out. We had a couple improvements from last week. I don't have a crinkly water bottle. I know I'm drinking out of a recycling, recyclable uh, water. Reusable. 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 Potable source. Uh, let's see. And you've Me upgraded. Too. Yep. Got the Stanley here. Made in China. It all is. Yeah, Minus that's exactly two. right. We'll do that when we make a fact. No, we won't. Uh, let's see. Anything else before what we were diving into our topic this week? Yep, that's right. Got to go into gun regulation. There's just so much going on in the news. It's a topic that I was telling you I've been thinking about a lot for years. Um, you know, and I'll get into this more later. But as a gun owner and someone though that is also appalled by what we keep seeing happening, it's just just so much you know that needs to be addressed. And I think that just through our conversations before, we have a lot to offer and. In terms of really the, um, the I guess, wide array of thoughts, opinions, but also there's there's lots of statistics behind all this that we need to dive into and understand more about that way uh, we can make an informed decision. Like we talked about in the first episode, there's no reason to just sit there and take someone else's word for it. Figure it out for yourself and make a decision. And it feels like every time there's a mass shooting, I dive into the research. And... Um so I have a compilation here of some of my favorite, uh, I hate to use the word favorite, but my go-to statistics that have really helped me inform my decision and my stance on guns in this country. You have and, like a uh, serious notepad there too. I do. It made me feel like I was back on the art cart. <laughs> I used to host a radio show that's yeah. all about art history. Yeah. And uh, very much the same research that's ethic a, went into this. A neat little show. I must say my uh, criteria for... Uh, like sources has gone way up. Oh yeah. Before I was like, eh, Wikipedia. He's a dead composer. Good enough. Yeah. We but, all were there in college. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Volunteer radio program in college. It was good. It was good. Heck yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, one of the videos I saw this time around after the shootings in El Paso um, and Dayton. Yep was uh, this video from uh, when Obama was up for re-election and he was doing a town hall meeting. And this Republican, nice gentleman, gets up 
and he says, why are you trying to restrict the gun manufacturers and restrict good gun owners? You know, why? And then he says, let me use your hometown as an example, Chicago, Illinois. Yep. Um, Makes sense. And he says it's been run by Democrats for years. They have some of the most, uh, the highest gun rate, or highest homicide rates from, uh, from guns. And... You know, he said, why are you stopping the good people from getting guns who want to stop these people? And um, Obama gave this great analogy about how we used to have bad car fatalities. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, a lot of people were dying, and the CDC... More than today. More than today, yeah. And this, the rates have declined. <clears throat> because the CDC studied all the information that went into why we were having all these fatalities and we cracked down on drunk driving we cracked down on texting and driving talking on your phone better uh, airbags and better safety harnesses seatbelts yep requiring seatbelts we even changed the um the slants of roads and embankments so they were safer cars wouldn't go off them and such yeah makes a lot of sense so there's this problem, though, with the CDC in that they, um, due to something called the Dickey Amendment, which was introduced in the omnibus, omnibus bill, which was our, um, it was our spending bill in 96, so Clinton. Yep, and exactly right. The Dickey Amendment says, none of the funds made available for injury prevention and control at the CDC may be used to advocate or promote gun control. And uh, this is taken from an article um, that was calling out the CDC's lack of the word firearms. Okay. And um, there's these internal memos that were released that basically was between two people talking about how they have the evidence that guns are one of the one of the most often used things in suicides. And um, they wanted to say that, you know, if you prevented people from having firearms that were, you know, mentally unstable or having, you know, hardships in their life. Crisis, whatever. That, you know, that keeping them away from firearms would be a good thing to do. But they got shot down by someone else in the CDC saying, if we use those those words, it'll come off like we're advocating or promoting gun control and, and we'll get in trouble. So this Dickey Amendment said that you were not allowed to say exactly what? Um, the words they use specifically are advocate or promote gun control. And what I take that as is anything that's going to say taking someone away from guns or anything along those lines, even if it's factual, they cannot bring to the table because, in essence, factual or not, it it is, in essence, promoting or advocating for gun control. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's certain there's something to be said for the fact that some people, and I don't necessarily disagree, would say, well, why should any government entity just be out there advocating for one stance or another, right? They should be offering just objective facts, you know, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And they're not being allowed to do that, or the either the head of the CDC or, you know... Their the interpretation. Powers, the, yes, their interpretation um, is really holding them back. It's um, it's amazing. It it is now the CDC's main goal is to protect the public health and safety throughout control. Oh, through control and prevention of disease, injury, disability in the United States and internationally. Hmm. So prevention of disease, injury, and disability. But they're not allowed to talk about guns. See, you think that honestly, 
my interpretation, if I was the head of the CDC, would be that, yeah, I can't just take a stance and say, you know, we have to have just strict gun control, nothing but the most, um, you know, restricted gun laws, you know, or the opposite, right? You could choose to go one or the other, somewhere, somewhere in between. But at the end of the day, you, you know, there's nothing um, to me that's advocating one way or the other about publishing the facts and summarizing those in a way that does nothing but interprets those facts. Like, right, you can make sure that it's an objective interpretation of the data. That way, you're not advocating for gun control uh, or the opposite. It's what we need. And, and Obama's point was was because of the Dickey Amendment, um, they're not allowed to get the same information that they compiled with the cars. So literally... So it's not the same approach. Like, they can't report it the same way or study it the same way. Right. And it, under while Obama was in office, there were more guns sold in the country than any other time. Sure. And one of the things Obama was frustrated with is because of some of the, the things holding him back, he couldn't even prevent somebody on the no-fly list from getting a gun. Right. He could prevent them from boarding a plane. But he wasn't allowed to prevent them. I think I've heard that before where there was that loophole. And honestly, you know, like I said before, as a person who has gone through the, uh, you know, transaction and the steps to purchase a firearm, you know, I own several of them. Um, you know, I'm a proud gun owner. I think it is a uh, right that we should have, but within certain reason, um, in, you know, mainly from the fact that even with what I have to do in the state of Illinois to own a firearm, it's not that difficult. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. You know, you have to have a FOID card, which yep. just it, it is a basically a permit to own firearms, purchase and own them. Uh, if you don't have that, I believe you are not allowed to actually possess firearms. Like if mine was to expire, I believe I have to sell them or transfer them to somebody else to actually possess. Um, but with when it comes to buying, I can literally go to a website right now I could go to one of several, and I could order with my credit card um, pretty much an unlimited number. I mean, I, I've never actually encountered... Act now, and they'll throw in the holster. You know what's funny is? That does happen. They I offer know. ammunition. They <laughs> offer extra magazines. Yeah. They offer, like, a package deal. Um, they want to sell you as much product as possible, like any good business. You know, there's nothing wrong with that um, incentivizing the sale, um, in my opinion. Now... It's capitalism, and, and it has an absolute... Absolutely has a place. Yeah. So I place my order. Say I want to go out there and I find myself a nice, uh, you know, competition grade Colt 45, you know, that's, um, uh, you know, maybe $1,000 or so. I could order that right now and it would ship probably the next day or so and then I'd have it within a week to my local FFL or firearms licensed uh, dealer that could transfer that weapon to me uh, for a small fee, $20. <laughs> so I mean, or you could go the cheap route. I could buy a maybe a couple hundred dollar gun, right? That will shoot. It'll make the gun. It'll make the bullet go out of the gun the same way as that thousand dollar gun. Yeah. And uh, I get the same process. Have it in a week. Fill out a little bit of paperwork, and it's mine. Um, and it's just it's so easy to own firearms. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with owning them. I think though there should be a little more scrutiny done with the um, the process of actually transacting the purchase and transfer that firearm. I mm -hmm. mean, especially with some of the loopholes we talked about in our conversation on the phone. I mean, this has been going on for a while, folks, too. Uh, you can go to a gun show, and it's not the same. You can actually purchase the gun then and there. You don't have to go through any kind of waiting period. Um, you know, there's private gun sales. There's, there's other things I'm not talking about here. But the fact is there's a lot of what I call loopholes 
uh, or, or easy ways to skirt what I would call the normal process. So, uh, no, actually, I mean, I have some information. Like, yeah. Are, so, do you know your Second Amendment? My Second Amendment rights? Mm -hmm. I know that the basics of it are that I have the right to bear arms. Now, can you give me some more detail on that? Yes. Uh, verbatim here. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yep. And see, that's something else we talked about, too. The fact that when this was written, the uh, the United States had already declared independence, right? We were forming a new government, and we were in a state of, uh, even through uh, decades later, right? We brought up militias from the states yep. to fight wars for us. So it wasn't uncommon to bring your own weapon from your home and join the state militia and fight. And Trevor Noah made a really funny point. Like, the guns sucked. Oh, yeah. Like, they weren't good guns. Flintlock, in those days, man, we're talking about muskets. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, you're literally keeping the powder dry, and you have to go through the, what, I think it's over a minute to actually load and fire that thing. Yeah. So you got a wad. Oh, yeah. Yep. Pack. Uh, pack the ball, yep. gunpowder, everything down there. You got to, like, have a, a horn or something to, to house that uh, gunpowder. And, I mean, it's a ramrod operation. I don't think the Founding Fathers had semi-automatic rifles, handguns of today in Semi-auto, full-auto, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the day, they didn't have what the military uses on a regular basis available to, or they didn't probably envision it to be available to the general populace in a relatively safe, um, I'd say probably very safe, uh, you know, free economy that has not had the entire continent engaged in actual battle. Battle, yeah. That's for why a Trevor, long time. I mean, that's why Trevor Noah joked. That's why the British were willing to stand in a straight line yeah. and just get shot. Like, I mean, that's time. hilarious. The last time that I think there was battle fought, I mean, the Civil War for sure, but on the American continent, I think there was some skirmishes along the um, uh, Mexican-American border. border when yep. the, uh, the U.S. was going after a Pancho Villa or something like that. Mexican bandits, they called them. Whatever the case may be. We haven't fought a war on this continent for a while. Yeah. And the point of that in the Second Amendment was to prepare. And there's some facts to this too, right? During World War II, I know that there was people who, when after the war, they found out that the uh, the Japanese and the Germans were trying to figure out, well, so we conquer Asia, yeah. we conquer Europe, right. we want to get the Americans, right? we've, we've somehow defeated That's the allies, because. right? So what are we going to do to get America? Well... Every American's got a freaking gun, so it's going to be an absolute nightmare to try to invade and conquer the American homeland. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that. Like, I, I get the point and what they were after there. I just feel like we should have a right to bear arms. We should have a right to own those weapons. But there's nothing wrong with regulations to ensure that the owners are, yes. you know, and we've validated. Had, we've had some regulations. Uh, there was the Gun Control Act of 1968. This prohibited the sale of firearms to anyone under 18, mm -hmm. uh, convicted criminals, the mentally uh, disabled, dishonorably just yeah, soldiers who were dishonorably discharged, discharged yeah. and uh, there was a few others. Fast forward to 1993. Yeah. There was... Um, the Brady Handgun Act, and it mandated background checks for all unlicensed individuals from a federal, uh, a federally authorized, authorized dealer. dealer. Yeah, sure. So yep. um, that's what I'm talking about when I go through. Yeah. Now, skip again. You know, 
to 2008. So more than a decade later. The U.S. Supreme Court strikes down a Washington, D.C. law that was trying to ban handguns. Hmm. And we're, I'm going to get into some gun facts and, and why that may be the most common place to start or yeah. most logical. Sure. Um, so from 94, <coughs> which was you know a year after the Brady Handgun Act, mm-hmm. to 2004, there was a federal prohibition on assault weapons and large capacity magazines. But, so you couldn't buy them at all? Yeah. Okay. And there was a drop, but we allowed that to expire. There's a drop in homicides from assault weapons. Okay. Uh, after the Newtown, Florida, the school. Yep. That was, God, that was... Uh, all of these are terrible. They this, are. This is such a uh, horrific topic to get into details about. You talk about the numbers, I mean, you, you get 20 plus people. Oh, we'll get into the numbers. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, gonna in, be... in a lot of these, it's just horrific. Um, so after the Newtown, Florida attack, Florida actually was able to pass some gun regulation, which, I'm sorry, Florida, but... I'm surprised, and good for you. Yeah, for All sure. at the same time. All those articles that we all hear. Florida Man. Yeah, I mean, Florida Man does what? It's like on your birthday, that was the whole gimmick earlier this year. I didn't do it, actually. <laughs> Some people I know were, but it's like, come on. Well, Flor- Give Florida a break. It, well, we will. Florida raised the age to 21 to buy guns, and they banned bump stocks. Okay. Something so, we've still not been able to do. If you can drink alcohol, then on you can own a weapon. Yeah. Now, the U.S. has less than 5% of the world's population, yep. but 46% of the world's civilian-owned guns. Yeah, no shocker there. We love our guns. I love my guns. Yeah. Um, now, this is all from a website, and I'll share links to all these. Um, this is from a website called um, www.cfr.org, and it's uh, the Control on Foreign Relations, U.S. Gun Policy, and Global Comparisons. Wow, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. Jeez, they better know what they're talking about. Uh, so let's see. In uh, Canada, Canada is often driven by gun violence, unlike America. Okay. Uh, in 89, there was a student armed with a semi-automatic rifle who killed 14 students and injured a dozen more. And this mm. is credited for mm. such reforms as a 28-day waiting period. Oh, to actually take possession after you buy? Yep. Yeah. Mandatory safety training. Okay. Europeans do that, I believe, too. Uh, there was a large capacity magazine ban and a ban on uh, military weapons. Interesting. So like the AR assault rifle style weapons, that AR-15s and whatever else that we hear about. And so that's interesting, mandatory safety training. Like I believe I'm totally for that. European countries, yeah, I am too. Yeah. I believe European countries make you do that. Now, to get a FOID card, um, to actually buy a gun, you don't have to have any training. Right. You can buy it and just have it. You can load it and shoot it and be an idiot and not have any idea of what you're doing. And I, I mean it in the nicest way. You should never just go and buy one and figure it out for yourself. Like you need some expertise to, to properly handle, um, and and clean and and it's not maintain. just the handling, man, yeah. main, maintaining the thing. Because if you let it get dirty or you let it it break and not function properly, you're risking your life and those around you. To quote sure. Stan Lee, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. There are tools to be utilized in the proper fashion, whether for sport, fun. Or for your your job, like if you're a military or a police officer. But that's interesting, that mandatory safety training. So we don't have to have any, and these guys in Canada... In Canada, our neighbors. Canada to the have it. Now, 95, 1995, Canada uh, forms a gun registry. Okay. Also something, like that's common sense. Uh, I'm sorry. So I like a national right database? But in 2012, it overturns. Really? Yep. So a new government came in? Yep. Flipped it? Guess what? There was a shooting in 2017... 
and it's back. Interesting. Wow. It's amazing how things, you know, you hate to say you're right when you're certain people, you know, but it's just like, my gosh, that just doesn't, that there, speaks for itself. There's a bunch listed on the website uh, that I listed, and I'll, again, put a link on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching. If you're on SoundCloud, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I will... We're going to figure that out. We'll We've figure been that talking out. about that. So uh, I do want to talk about one other place, and that's Australia's gun laws. Yep. There was the Port Arthur Massacre in 96, yep. where 35 people were killed and over 24 people were wounded. And less than two weeks after this, the conservative-led government passed comprehensive gun reform for the country. Wow. They prohibited automatic and semi-automatic rifles. They mandated license and registration. Mm -hmm. They offered a temporary gun buyback program. Excuse me. Okay. They bought 650,000 rifles back, one sixth of the nation's stock. That's amazing that they went to sell them back, too. You know, I'm kind of shocked that people were willing to hand over their guns like that. But again, I'm an American, right? I have our perspective, not theirs. You had to have a gun safety course in another place. New Zealand, after all that stuff went down, they did something similar, passed a lot of laws. And I believe that they had people turn in their, their firearms because they view it more of the same way as the Australians do. Apparently, New Zealand's not very far from Australia, so. So, yes, I actually have the data on that, too, because wow. that, that is a hiccup. That's uh, amazing. Demonstrate, uh, uh, the other thing you have to do to <clears throat> get a gun in Australia is generate, uh, demonstrate a general need. A need? Yeah. Wow. So in two thousand, need to have fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, in two thousand two, <laughs> there was a high-profile shooting. Uh, oh, in in Australia in two thousand two, there was a high-profile shooting, oh. and this one led to gun reform. And there were decreased gun deaths since ninety six after they did the all the changes. The first one. Yeah. Now, John Oliver does this great interview, and he was still on the Daily Show when yeah. this happens. But he actually goes to Australia and interviews these politicians because they were conservative. Yeah, they okay. all got voted out. Really, all of them, pretty much. And and John Oliver is kind of teasing, like, why would you sacrifice, sacrifice yourself like this? that? Yeah. And they all said, "Are you kidding me? It's the right thing to do." Yeah. You know, hmm. like. Isn't that refreshing? They inter- and then they the interview right an aide of a U.S. politician, and they say, well, what's what's the job of a U.S. politician? What's the first job? And he says, to get reelected. With, like, off, without thinking, he just oh, yeah. blurts that out. Yeah. Like, we have a hole Broken in system our with that. democracy there. That's interesting. You know, because most of the founding fathers and, and the initial politicians, like, there were families that were political dynasties, so to speak. But for the most part, those guys got in, they did their duty, and they got out. Like, they didn't see it as, got to get reelected. Yeah. They, they saw it as representing their principles, their values, and like, that's why, I mean, that's why we founded this nation and to develop a more perfect union, right? It's always in perpetual change because it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. You have to keep working toward that vision. Yeah, uh, t- um, 2019, New Zealand. There was uh, a massacre yeah. in a mosque where yeah. it was 51 people who died. Just absolutely slaughtered. And Jesus. It, it was an Australian who had bought the weapons. Uh, and legally. Legally right? purchased. Jeez. Do uh, you want to do some gun stats about the United States? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, we're talking about these other countries, but it's kind of staggering how many shootings we've had and the escalation. And, I mean, think about when we were in high school, right? Yeah. We never heard about this kind of stuff. That often. Columbine happened. I'm not exactly sure when that happened, but that happened when we were a lot younger, you know, yeah. quite a while ago. 
And uh, but there was never any like major security at school. I remember going to co-op, right, going to work for a half day of school and then going to work during my senior year. And like, I believe there's probably a buzzer to get in, but we just knew which door to open and go in. Like there was nothing stopping us. It's just I, incredible. I remember when we were in high school, we all knew which door you could just pop open. Pull open, yeah, for yeah. sure. Get in. Anytime. My gosh. And then now today, let's let's talk about some of these gun stats. Uh, okay, so the first numbers I have are from that NPR article I was doing earlier on the CDC's reluctance to use the F word and yes. how it's hindering. Yes, I read part of that. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. So um, in 2017, there were 40,000 people who died from guns. Yep. 60% of them, though, were suicides. Wow. Yeah. Man, see, I had no idea there were that many suicides. Like Guns are the most common method for suicides. You could think about it. I mean, and why people would choose that route, it's just... They succeed. Yeah. That's exactly. the problem. Yeah. Um, wow. And suicide rates are on the rise. I know. That's a problem, too. Um, in America, too, this is kind of a side note, 90% of Americans support background checks. Yeah, I've heard that statistic myself. I support background checks. I think there should be absolutely comprehensive background checks. And you say to yourself, what does that mean? That means that, like you were talking about earlier, you're not a convicted felon. Right. That you're not someone who has been classified as as mentally disabled or unstable. The one issue I have with that is, what's, what's the upkeep? Like, what, like, people aren't mentally unstable forever. Correct. I think at the end of the day, um, and there's, there's a lot of problems with it too. There, there's these things called red flag laws people keep bringing up, and I yeah. think that's where the red flags, whatever you define them as, um, you know that those trigger, and then the police then have the ability to take your. I have your some stats weapons. on the mental illness and and the sure. basically sure. Republican it, talking points. We, we should get in, and, and we should get into that. I think. Uh, uh, real quick, the interesting thing about the whole mental illness thing, though, too, is like you say that it's it's. If you are not, uh, in my opinion, able to say that you're able to to actively make your decisions for yourself, like that's a mental incapacity. That's to me yeah. mentally unable to own the weapon because you can't make sound decisions for yourself. Like you say, this whole uh, you know uh, mental illness that's that could be time bound because you have a crisis or whatever. Right. Right? How do you define when you've then crossed that threshold where you're back to, okay, now I'm now I'm good enough to own a weapon again? And how do you, how could you taste someone you could never? You assume friends and family. You right. assume friends and family are. But is it their responsibility in. to police you? Look at that person who shut up that Waffle House. I think it was somebody here in Illinois. And like the the father had the guns and gave it back to him, even though the police said that he was not capable of owning it or something. I can't remember exactly what happened. Don't quote me on any of this. But the fact of the matter is, the guy got the guns back, freaked out, went to a Waffle House, and shot it shot up. Him. It's crazy. Um, BBC had this great article. Uh, again, I think I shared it to our page, but it was American Gun Culture in Charts. Oh. So nice big pictures for everybody. Yeah, right. Um, there was an international comparison of the percentage of homicides where guns were used mm-hmm. for the homicide. In England, and, and this was for all of twenty or uh, 2017 and 18, for England and Wales, uh, gun homicides were 3%. In 2018, for all of Canada, 38%. In Australia, for 2013, 2014, 13%. In the United States, for all of 2017, 73%. Shocker. 73%. Yeah. And, and this is... 
the numbers don't lie. I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about you, you, you should be able to own a firearm. That's a basic right that we have, okay? If you're qualified to own that through whatever we decide to. And we do. Yeah. We beyond own them. We, of the top five civilian gun-owning countries, sorry, top five civilian gun-owning countries, firearms per 100 residents. Yep. Okay? Canada has 34.7. Yep. Uh, Montenegro is 39.1. Yep. Serbia, 39.1. Yemen, 52.8. That's the second highest. And then we get to the United States. 120.5 guns per every 100 residents. Yep. And so that's residents having more than one weapon, which I am a part of. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, again. We have a lot of them. Not not criticizing. Not yet. No. No. <laughs> no, no you, you know, that's just it. Within reason, like, I don't have a, like... You see what these people who get busted in firearms raids, they have over a thousand guns. Yeah, and right, like, apparently. That is, why do you have a thousand guns? You even, you, at some point, you're going to forget which ones you even have, unless you're super rich and have a catalog in some kind of museum. Yeah. It's just kind of ridiculous, you know? There's only so many functions you can have. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why? And people like to point out, well, I mean, for okay, gun homicides per 100,000 people. This mm -hmm. is for 2016, jumping around on the years, I'm sorry. But, um... For every 100,000 people, gun homicides in the United States, there were four per every 100,000. Yep. The only, the next closest one was Israel with one. Canada, Australia, UK all have less than one death, yeah. one well, homi gun homicide per 100,000 people. You can't go a day without reading an article about somebody shooting at somebody. Like, today I read about, I don't know where it was at, but some people that were in a road rage incident, yep. they just started shooting at each other. Yeah. And it's like... And... That kind of crap should not be stood for. Like, you should not, that should not be your first thought is, I'm going to settle this with a gun. Like, come on. You, if you want to shout at people and scream at them, flip them off, whatever else, like, verbal abuse is one thing and it's bad enough, like, having the road rage thing to like, contend with, but to sit there and say that you should be fearing the fact that someone could pull your out a life gun should start end at you. because of a driving incident? Yeah, I accidentally cut you off, or you didn't like the fact I didn't use my blinker soon and enough. And you think my kids don't deserve a dad yeah. for that. That's Isn't that sick? Illogical. Yeah. And it's Switzerland and Finland are two countries that Republicans love to... Oh, yeah. Quote, because they're gun toters. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. They are the two um, two European countries with the most guns. Yeah, but what do they also make people do? They require military service yeah, for man. every male over yeah. 18. So you think about that. And a lot of the, the uh, women in those countries, they join the military they, service too. Exactly. They do it. Yemen you, does the same thing. And you think to yourself, that's what I was talking about earlier with having a sense of responsibility, not only with what you own like, or possessing, like how to use it, how to keep it clean, use it properly, but then what it can do. Like say you go on a tour somewhere, because I don't know if any of those countries are part of the policing actions around the world, but say you go on a tour of duty somewhere and you have to shoot somebody because something's happening. Like you have to make the choice to, because one of the things you learn when you go through a firearm safety class is that don't point the weapon at someone you're unless you're prepared, or anything, unless yeah. you're prepared to destroy it. Yep. Like, destroy means kill, yep. or blow up, whatever it may be. So, if you're going to shoot at someone, you made the decision you're going to kill them. Like, you don't shoot at someone to try to maim them. Um, and 20, this is, this is where I want to start, I want to start changing, like, the topics from what the news is talking about. Yeah. Because we do talk about mass shootings all the time. Yep. And 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 Neil, what Neil deGrasse Tyson? Oh yeah, he screwed up because people took him out of. He 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 put it in a context that was easily easy to misinterpret when he was trying to. His point was being trying to be made. And I don't know if it's a good point or not. 
Like, no. yes, we do do things, rash things. In, Make decisions based on, like, their... Feelings. Um, yeah, how big of a deal they are based on just the impact of the event. Now, I will say, I don't know exactly what he said, but it's something about, like, you know... I don't remember insects or flus kill us more often. Yeah. Something, something, there's something kills more often or is more deadly than these mass shootings. Okay, but guess what, Neil? The impact's a little different. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and I mean, there is some truth about the numbers paint a very different picture about what the gun problems are in this country. Mm-hmm. If we're going with the numbers from 2016, there's 38,658 gun deaths, so rounded up 40,000. Yep. Now, of those, 14,000. 400, so about 14,500 were murders. Okay. Okay? Of those, seven only 71 were in a mass shooting. It's crazy. And that leaves over 20,000 unaccounted for. But... Those were suicides. And see... 22,000 to 14,000. Think about this, too. The homicides were... There was intent. Like, isn't that what prosecutors try to prove? There's intent, intent. to kill? Yeah. Right? And so you think about that... Those people were actively trying to kill somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And the suicides, as uh, as extremely unfortunate as that is, like I these numbers are kind of like giving me pause. It's, it's just insane to think about. You know, again, there was intent. They intended to end their life for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And seventy one from mass shootings. The intent was for the mass shooter to kill. Everybody else was just going about their lives. Like we, this is the land. And I think the whole world should be this way, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yep. The pursuit of happiness does not involve preparing yourself for an, an active shooter. At Walmart. Incident. Yeah, at Walmart. Or for my case, one of my employer, I go through. I went through one at work because I work for a large employer. There's a good chance that it could happen for whatever reason. There's all kinds of violence that happens in healthcare facilities. Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea you know? just had to uh, lead an active shooter drill. So, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of scary that you have to be prepared and you know i'm i'm sort of ashamed and appalled that we're gonna have to teach our kids to be thinking about this stuff or we might have to buy them bulletproof backpacks yeah do you ever think about that when you were a kid like when you were in school did you ever think about getting shot up at school or anywhere you were at for that matter my biggest fear was tornadoes correct things that nature and even then you try to be prepared yeah right i never ever you know thought that i had to to be at this point and as a gun owner, it pains me so much to just, uh, I don't own a, an AR of any kind. I don't own an assault rifle of any kind. I don't need one. Um, we were talking about the fact that I, I have my weapons for, for home, you know, for self-defense and, uh, for sport. I like to shoot for fun. Um, but you don't need a rifle, sim- you know, an assault rifle to shoot long distance. A shotgun with the right ammunition will shoot a good distance. And for the, you know, just to be honest, anybody shooting for real distance that needs a scope, like that's sports shooting. You know, these people doing these mass shootings aren't doing that. They're just getting maximum capacity with the most deadly force, which is those uh, military-grade rounds, the yeah. two, two, three, five, five, six, and 8 rounds that are designed to hit you and then just explode out of your body, like destroy tissue. Destroy. You know, and, and so you don't need that. Like, civilians don't need that uh, for enjoyment. Like, you can have just as much fun. You can buy uh, hunting rifles with a, a magazine if you want to have multiple rounds, and you can fire those off and have a good time. Right. Um, there's right. just there's limits because of what's happening to this stuff. We don't have to go as far as we have. In 2016, the American Journal of Public Health found a strong relationship between higher 
gun ownership in a state and higher firearm suicide rates. Like, the numbers, like, yeah. Republican talking points about more guns, the numbers just don't add up. We have more guns per capita than any other country. We have higher gun violence than any other country, when in fact we should be safer than any other country. Well, if it, guns are used properly and by the right people, then yeah, we would be safer because people would, it'd be like a deterrent. You know? How are you going to stop people from using it on themselves? 22,000, almost 23,000 are suicides. You, and that's just it. You can on that side of it. And that's where I think, honestly, in people's mental states, like we were talking earlier, how do you define how long you're stable mentally and then something happens and all of a sudden you're not? Like, I get why that's the leading cause of, or one of the leading um, you know, causes of, of death by firearm. If something happens to you and you freak out and you want to kill yourself and you're thinking about the easiest way to do it, man, I've got a gun downstairs. I, I know that'll kill things. And, and that just makes sense, that's as sad as it is. the numbers, man. If you own a gun, you are sadly more likely to use it on yourself than anybody else. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, and this is the other thing where I think the left goes wrong. Like, I love, like, I guess, do anything is the mentality. Yeah, yeah. But in the U.S., 64% of gun murders are done with handguns. Yeah. 64%. Yeah. Not even the ones we're trying to ban. No, 4% are rifles. 2% are shotguns. 2% are other. What's the other? Tommy guns? Yeah, probably <laughs> homemade. <laughs> Is that still happening? Well, we, we were joking about the CDC earlier. Like, if they can't call them firearms, they're going to call them, you know, 2B medley shooty things or whatever. It's like, maybe that's what those 2% are. Yeah, and 28% are unknown. Wow. Like... It's a it's a slingshot. I know, with a bullet. There's a strange, like, I, I thought this was a strange comparison. An AR-15 costs about $1,500, and they compared it to a MacBook Pro. Yeah, so here's the deal. Air, that's a, a probably a middle-grade AR-15. You can go right now and get a Smith & Wesson MP Sport that I'm not advertising for or trying to push Italian. anything out there. I'm just yeah. giving an example. A cheap 500 Maybe $550, $550, you can own an AR-15. That's so cheap. You can get a handgun for 200 Correct, you can. That's no problem. insane. A decent one for maybe 250 in terms of, like, reliability. It's amazing. So there's a few things that the right and the left agree on, and sadly, it's the dumbest. The wrong shit. Yes, yep, and that exactly. is, there is bipartisan approval uh, from preventing mentally ill from purchasing guns. 80%. Okay, yeah. and I'll get to the numbers, but that doesn't it doesn't so make sense. We're back to the president's argument about mental illness causing all these problems, not racism and right, vitriol. You know, yeah. There's an 80% approval rating for Republicans and Democrats for barring people on the no-fly list from getting uh, a weapon. Owning a firearm. Yeah. Hmm. That's not a thing. We agree 80% we can't get that done. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. To me, I mean, I think that, to, that you talk about people always saying on the news, common sense gun laws. Man, if you can't fly in a plane, should you own a firearm? Sure, why not? Right, I, I mean, that's just, right. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, Go out, just, blaze of glory. Wow. So, uh, now, uh, when it gets to, like, allowing conceal and carry in more public places, Dem or Democrats are, like, at a 30%. Republicans are at an 80%. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Republicans are riding a dead horse on this thing. And who was it? McCarthy, the head of the minority, uh, 
leader of the minority party, okay. Kevin McCarthy, something like that. He's the one that got on the news this whole round of shooting saying it's violent video games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Like, the data from Entertainment Software Association shows that 65% of Americans play video games. Yep. I play GTA. I killed a ton of virtual people and things and blew it's all kinds of shit up. led you to... No. You know, Black Ops, I played that. We played that together, didn't we? We played GTA together. Yeah. We had a lot of fun, man. Video games were a lot of fun when we I had play, time. I play GTA now, and uh, I still get cravings for those Schwann... Uh, sausage pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to his house every day oh after school. We'd take turns. It's funny, Courtney jokes with me about those because I remember I would take two of them out of the freezer and like warm them up on top of plates and like just yeah. take them in my room and just keep on playing. Like, holy crap, those were the days. Like, no obligations, no cares in the world. Talk about bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Jeez. I did. Uh, I found another. Uh, but no, I never thought about killing never, people yes. because of my video game. Well, and okay, and so here's the problem with using video games. There's a beautiful study done by Forbes, uh, a guy named Kevin Anderton. He was the writer for Forbes on this uh, article, and he studied the hours spent playing video games per week per country. Now, Germany beats us at almost eight hours, 7.98. We do come in second. Wow. Uh, at 7.61. Singapore is at 7.4, France is at 6.97, India is at 6.92, Japan at 6.88, Italy at 6.78. The point I'm getting at is there is not an equivalent mass shooting rate or gun violence rate in any of these countries, yeah. and yet they Even play close. relatively the same amount of video games. So let's go ahead and just cross video games off the list. You know, it, you can't use that as a scapegoat at all, you know? Off the list. Nice. Your little fact, Bell. <laughs> yes. And uh, feel free to comment and say you don't like that. Yeah, I know. I'm sure there's plenty. Um, okay. Now let's get into the mentally ill. Yep. Okay. This was from a great video that now this news did. Not my favorite news organization, but I really did like this. And it says there is zero data to show mentally ill have a propensity towards violence. In fact, the data shows the opposite, hmm. that mentally ill are less likely to, to do violence. Interesting. In fact, it says one in five Americans will deal with a mental illness every year, but less than 5% of shootings are committed with someone with a mental illness. And see, we're talking mental illness. I'm guessing that this is describing, like, depression and all kinds of different types of mental illness. It counts. Like it, yeah. It, do so, it does count. So, I mean, yeah. That's amazing. And, like, come on, Republicans. Come on, people who buy this, that the Republicans are selling it. They've been talking about video games for almost 20 years, 10, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. It's never been proven. They blame the mentally ill just as much, and there's no data to prove it. One in five Americans every year, and yet less than 5%, that the data is just not there to back it up. Yeah. Um, the other thing we can talk about with mental illness is just law of averages. Mental illness in America is going to be relatively the same in every country. Right. Like Sure, per, that know, makes sense. Yeah, because we're all people. Distributed, distributed population, sure. Yet there's not another instance of the gun violence in any other country. So can we, can we ding the bell for it's not mental illness? I would think so. Not mental illness. Most likely, yeah, that's not the case. I think that there's certainly something to be said, I mean... Of a lot of these, um, especially these last mostly horrific 
um, they're all horrific, but yeah. they're all like racially motivated or not. Not um, the Ohio one, it seems. No, that one I know, but a lot of them are absolutely. You know, like that the one um, at the mosque in New Zealand that was uh, a person that yep. was claiming to represent some sort of Christian values. Like my God, you're killing people, and thou shalt not kill. Must not have ever ever heard that one. Um, you know, but in the name of one religion trying to kill people of another, you know, and, and it's just like the El Paso shooting. The guy was trying to, because it was a, uh, a Latino invasion or Mexican invasion, whatever you want to call it. Like, really? Yeah. The, you yeah. can't let ICE do their job? And again, you can. we're going to have, at some point, I'm sure, a podcast on immigration, ICE. customs and immigration. Um, I, I, I am probably one of the far, that's one thing I lean really far left on is immigration. Sure. There's, you know, maybe that will be the topic of our podcast is immigration overall. So we'll tackle that one. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I just feel like a lot of this stuff is mental illness is not driving it. No. It's a mental then, thought process of, of, I represent this ideology and these other people are wrong and I've got to kill them to somehow be right so we're talking a lot about gun violence gun regulation mass shootings and these are all different things yep. now the national institute of justice says there are four common traits in shooters and mass shootings do you know what a mass shooting is defined as okay i do not it's it's four four people killed in one incident okay and that's that, more than four more than four that changed in 2012 it used to be three people so but they they changed it so states could get some more help um okay Anyways, I don't know too much on why it was changed, but it is now considered four people. Yep. Sorry. Four Three more. people. Yeah. Wait, it you was. said it was four, right? Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll find it in the thing. Okay. And, um, but there were four common traits. That's what we're getting hung up yes. on. Yes. <laughs> four, four common, common traits. Yep. of shooters in mass shootings. And the first one was uh, childhood trauma or exposure to violence. Okay. That was number one commonality. Number two was a crisis shortly before the shooting. Okay. Some tragic life event or something. something yep. Life's not worth it. Got the bang, something like that. Um, the other commonality, the third, was that they studied the actions of other shooters. Oh, yeah. Talk about reading manifestos. I've heard of this before. Yeah. Looking for people to... I was, like, worried I, researching everything oh, for this. Oh, I bet. Yeah, type it <laughs> in. I, you know what? You probably are on some FBI or something list right now. I am now. not nice to Trump on Twitter. I am a very no-holds-bar. Sure. Well, the truth is the truth. But at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, it's interesting that they, uh, I don't know... It, just that whole fact about having people with uh, this background, you know, crisis right before it's driving this. It's like, what are you going to do about that? Like, we're not, we're, what do they call that? You're, you're, you're um, not getting to the root of the problem. You're just, you're just attacking the symptoms. Yeah. And, well, and the fourth common trait from National Institute of Justice set was they all had access to firearms. Correct. Either through their parents or their own. Yep. Or, or just whatever. bought them or whatever and went across state lines. Yeah. That was something that happened recently. Wasn't it California? So that's the problem with Chicago. Everyone loves to rag on Chicago, yep. and, and I get it. That's yep. fine, because Chicago is embarrassing. Yeah, and it's and almost like the media hides how bad it is in Chicago. It's like a war zone with all these people. They're shutting down trauma centers, denying patients because they can't take all the shooting victims. And this is where I will ding the left and say, yeah. like... Both sides are wrong on this, by the way. We both agree on that. Stop placating African-Americans for the vote. That That's, in essence, what you're doing. They should be offended. The African-American population should be offended that people are just pandering for their votes and not addressing the problems the in their communities. The core issues in their communities. 
Uh, do you want to talk about race? We can get into that a little bit. It's, gonna, it's important. We're going to do the uh, do the dance here. Uh, in January 2019, the Anti-Defamation League reported that right-wing extremists were linked to 50 extremist-related killings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Believe it was that. the highest since 1995. Believe that. A lot of rhetoric and violent inducing rallies being hosted. And, yes, again, in case you're not noticing the shift, we're now attacking the left's talking point that it's, you know, always white supremacist or white killing Correct. at the thing. Cause, Correct. Um, 73% of all extremist killings can be linked to domestic right-wing terrorist. Okay. And only 23.4% can be linked to Islamic extremists. Okay. And this is... Of all extremist killings, seventy-three percent do tend to be, are linked to domestic. There's some right sort wing. of extreme value. And again, this is extremist killings, which do make up a fraction of a small fraction of the homicides and gun deaths in our country. Yep. Um, of the one hundred fourteen mass shooters, eighty-two. Oh, sorry. Of the one hundred fourteen mass shootings since nineteen eighty-two, a yep. hundred and ten of them were committed by men. Yeah, isn't that just... My God. 64 were white men, 19 were black men, and 10 were Latinos. Wow. I mean, so when it comes to mass shootings, it does seem like it has a... More white people are causing it. More white people are causing mass shootings. Yep. And, um... 60% of American is white, and we make up 50% of the shootings. Wow. Which, that honestly doesn't seem too far off the... No, statistically. Yeah, right? It's probably in a range of Wouldn't you acceptable. want it to be 60% of Americans make up... You know, 60% of white-only Americans make up 50% of shootings. Um, Representative. Yeah. Makes sense. So, then I went to Wikipedia. I can't leave Wikipedia out altogether. And I went to their race and crime in the U.S., hmm. Um, the U.S. Department in 2008 did a 28-year study, and it showed that African Americans accounted for 52% of all homicide offenders. Wow. 45% were European Americans, yep. and 2.2% were other. Yep. Now, that means the offending rate was eight times higher by African Americans. The victim rate is six times higher. And so we're assuming by offenders that these are convictions... Yeah, Not and, and, and we could definitely... Go into that, I'm sure we will at some point. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, like, again, I we're not going to do white privilege here. That's not the point of this show. Not but, this like, I, I do have a harder time believing that you get away with murder regardless. I understand that there are... You want to believe there's consequences for your actions. Right. And I understand that there are studies that I will read and educate myself on to better understand the... Reason, rationale for those numbers, but we are yeah. presenting yeah. just the facts here. Yep, just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. In 2013, uh, the percent of murderers uh, was as so: um, 51 percent. And this is, I'm sorry, uh, in 2013, the percent of murder arrests. Okay. So these are just the just arrests. arrests. Yes. Yeah. Um, African Americans made up 51% of the murder arrest. Okay. White Americans accounted for 33.5%. Okay. And Hispanic made 12.8% of the murder arrests. Hmm. One interesting thing 
we tend to kill people of the same race. Oh, right. People talk about the black on black crime, white on white crime is just as bad, and brown on brown, and whatever other purple Tends to on be purple. Accurate. 84% of Euro Americans, I'm using whatever the sites listed for either black, African Americans. Whatever you want to call the different races. I'm just okay. going off the things. Yeah. So I'm not preferencing. I would tend to go with African American. Sure. Seems I don't even know. I've been called out for that. I guess it's supposed to be people of color now. I don't know. I don't mean any offense. Yeah. I think as long as your intent's there, it's fine. We'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Good. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So 84% of European Americans are killed by European Americans. 93% of African Americans are killed by African Americans. Yep. We like to kill each other. Uh, we look the same, I guess. Um, now, African Americans account for the majority of gun homicides, while white people account for the vast majority of non-gun gun homicides. Hmm. And again, going back, we can use the numbers we've already learned to know that most of the homicides are done with handguns. Yep. yep. 64% was yep. the number. So, why do we spend so much time talking about... The assault rifles. The assault rifles. Yeah. You know, it gets back to the point about the background checks. You know, I, I, I sort of love and hate that term, common sense gun laws, but there are... I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, some common sense things like the universal background checks that have to be there, right? And you can squabble about the criteria as much as you want, but I think the statistics speak for themselves into what we should be looking for and making sure that at least for whatever waiting period we define, you have to be uh, screened to ensure that at least you, you don't hit one of these red flags. Like, I think that's fine to call it that. Again, I, my my question. But there's other things my, to address too. Yeah, like again, what are you gonna do if you get depressed? What, who like? Correct. I think that you know. Or so, experience a trauma. I mean, I'm talking about the initial. We talked about this thing too. Like we're building a wall here, right? And I hate that word too, right? I'm not building a wall across the border, by the way. I'm building a, a a figurative wall that is. Uh, I it's sort of like building on the foundation of gun um, regulations that we have now, and saying, look. We need better background checks. That's not going to solve everything, but we need that. And then yeah. you're also talking about something else, right? There is um, mental health is is in and of itself something that needs to be addressed. So I think that well, that's while, Trump's while, big go-to, correct? Right now, he and I, I'm disagreeing with that. I think you should not go there, but I think that it needs to be addressed on itself, and and that's just another block that helps to impact the issue that could potentially be there if you do have a crisis, yeah. right? You know, you need outlets and ways to deal with this stuff that's not violence. One of the points that I heard about Chicago, I started this earlier, but I just believe it to be true, too, is just because Chicago has very strict gun laws doesn't mean the neighboring communities sure. do. Sure. So if I can go to Indiana and buy guns, 10 guns, snuggle them into Chicago and sell sure. them for 2000 a piece, 100000 on the street. The criminals are not going to follow the laws anyway. It doesn't matter. We have right. to find a way to work on the issues within the communities. That's why I think it's so unfair to use Chicago as uh, well, they're it's gun... It's not a scapegoat. It, it's not a scapegoat. It, it's not Shouldn't an be. island. Yep. You know, if you want to use an island, go to Australia, use the numbers. It's an island. And guess what? They're pro taking guns or having more gun regulations, regulations. And, yeah, things that are, are making sure that people follow the right safety training yes that's safety another training. one we should all have to go through some level of safety training trump came out strong at first saying he supported background checks since then he's completely backed off under the pressure of the nra i'm guessing yeah and Which uh, is, that's a shame there are things that trump's getting right 
We're going to have a podcast on that? Well, here, I can list... That's one of them he got right. Two right here, but then I'm going to counter them on why they're not good. He, in his budget, he has $8.6 billion to expand and transform VA's focus on mental health. Okay. Awesome. That's great. Great news. He also increased the funding for community non-hospital treatment and mental health services. Okay. That's the big one I want to focus on. Okay. So, community non-hospital treatment, okay... The problem is he wants to repeal Medicaid expansions. Okay, I remember that. Part okay. of the Obamacare fight. 40% of adults covered through the expansions are people with behavioral health conditions. I've heard of this too. So he wants to have better mental health. So it's like trying to health, have it from both sides. But he wants to take all the coverage away. Yeah. There's this guy. It's uh, kind of like how we're all going to be taken care of with this health care plan, right? You want to take a whack at that name? Paul Gianfrido? Yeah, good enough. Okay. He is the president and CEO of the advocacy group Mental Health America. Okay. Uh, He said the purpose, oh, the proposed changes and cuts to Medicaid would devastate the critical source of coverage for mental health and addiction care. Yeah. He went on to say the budget is more of a retreat from the pledge than an advance on it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. We've been talking about a a lot of these budget proposals from the current administration have really been you know, the exact opposite of what was campaigned for on the, the the trail, right, when he was trying to become president. He was saying about how he was going to be there for the people, represent the people, all the people, right, regardless all of who the, voted for him. And uh, he was supposed to make sure that we got great health care, uh, tremendous, all these crazy words he uses all the time that are, are great for describing what he wants to do, but then nothing ever comes of that side of it. It's just absolutely pathetic. One in five gun owners are in the NRA. I was an NRA member at one point. I stopped once and, that Wayne LaPierre guy started yeah. going nuts in his conventions and things. So you're listening to a former NRA member here too, by the way. And since 2000, the NRA has increased their spending on lobbying. Yeah. Four hundred percent. That's what's wrong with the NRA. Five. Why they should not be supported anymore? Because they're not representing gun owners' rights. All they publish is saying the Democrats want to do nothing but take your guns. And it's easy. No one in the Democrat side is really saying that we're going to just take all your guns. They're saying Joe Biden did. Well, then that was a mistake on his part. He did that just recently. He goes, "Yep, I'm coming for him." Well, then. Fuck you, Joe. You're not going to take my guns. I know. and That's, that's just it. That's the problem is you can't just say you're going to just, just go one way or the other. There has to be a middle ground yep. that is sensible. Right. That's what's going to win. Right. And, I, I mean, I don't know how... I, just, I hate the lobbying system. Yeah. I, I hate... Well, that's the problem. The way it that is. it works with the government and how Even they, they Trump. push agendas at the corporate level and the rich people. When Trump was, like, first there, he was saying, we should look into background checks, and somebody said something about the gun lobby, and he goes, oh, I know they have great power. They have great power over you. Now look where Trump is. Got power over you, buddy. I know. It's a sad thing. So, we are both in favor of uh, mandatory weight. Yep. We're both in favor of training. Yep. Mandatory training. Safety training. Are you on board for the gun registry? I think gun registry is nothing wrong with that. I think that you should also close all of the loopholes that allow for gun purchases that are not through a licensed dealer. I don't see any reason why you should be able to to skirt that. It's like transferring a car. You got to go to the DMV to transfer the title. Yeah. Same thing with a gun. Um, and I think that makes sense. Those are the the major things that I think are part of the common sense regulation that needs to be out there. That's the next step. We've got to build on the foundation we got now. 
all the facts and the statistics I provided will be shared. Uh, the links that I got them from will be shared. Um, yep. I've made sure all my data was up to date from reputable sources. Um, if you guys think we missed anything, let us know. And we'll try to cover it. But uh, this has been our second show of Brett and Chris Talk. And I hope you enjoyed our take on gun regulation. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week, and we'll have another show, and we'll figure out what it's going to be about before then. Hopefully. No promises. Thanks, everyone. Have a nice day. Nice week. <laughs>